Now, uh, this week, uh, I want to tell you about a million-dollar idea that I had. Have you ever had a million-dollar idea? Anybody in here? Have you, wait, have you ever had a million-dollar idea, and then you don't do anything with it? And then like a year later, someone else does something with it and you're feeling kind of sad because you had a million dollar idea. Here's my million dollar idea. I was text messaging someone the other day. And in the middle of this conversation I'm having with them, they just go dark. Have you ever had this happen? Fully ghosted. I, and, and it drives me crazy when people ghost me in the middle of a conversation. But I have to admit to you that I'm probably the number one person who does that. So if I've done that to you, I apologize. So... So, so, so no, nobody likes getting ghosted. So I, here I am, and I begin thinking about all the things that I have done wrong in my life and why I deserve to get ghosted by this person. Like, have you ever done that? I'm like, maybe I ghosted them before, and you know, and that's why this is payback for some. Like, I, like I'm filtering through all. Of, I'm thinking about all the things I did at six. Like that time I sold candy from the Seven Eleven down the street, and and like my buddy was the lookout, and I was like, I was sticking Charleston chews in my pocket and trying to walk out, you know. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, this is why I'm, I'm getting ghosted. It's payback. But later on, what I found out was the person I was having this conversation with, they didn't abandon me. But the reason for the absence was because they had stepped into a meeting where it wasn't appropriate for them to text me. All that grief that I went through, right? Drumming up all these old feelings of trauma that I had experienced and different things. And this is what I realized. I began thinking, gosh, our, this text mission of messaging that we have that's so prevalent in society, it needs help. Like a strike of lightning, supernatural intelligence hits me. And I go, I have an idea. Here's my million dollar idea. You ready for it? This is public. I said it. If you take it, I want paid. We need a ghost mode for texting. You just access it, you just hit it, boom, ghost mode. Beautiful. Take full advantage of the power of artificial intelligence. I step away. Think about this. I step away from the conversation or you step away and it communicates in my absence. Do you know how, do you know how empowering that is? It's profitable for everybody. Like, no one would be upset about that. I, I mean, not me. It's a win-win for everybody involved. So th- I'm thinking this has got to be the most brilliant thing I've ever thought of. In John 16, verse 5, Jesus is having this same conversation with his disciples. See, I thought I had an original idea. Listen to what Jesus says. He goes, but now I'm, I'm gonna go away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you're grieving because of what I've told you. But in fact, he says, it is best for you. This, this term, it's best for you, it means it's to your advantage. It's, uh, it's profitable for you that I go away. Because if I don't, he says, the advocate, Another word that's used there is the comforter. Uh, Another one's used there is the counselor. Uh, If I don't go away, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. It's this supernatural ghost mode that Jesus is saying, I'm 
going to be physically absent, but I'm going to go into ghost mode. See, the advantage of this supernatural power to the disciples he's talking about is, is he said, you, just before this in, in John 15, he, he's like telling followers of him at the time, the world is going to actually dislike you a tremendous amount. You're going to stand on these convictions that, that I've given you, and people aren't going to like it. And your convictions are going to make you feel like you're alone, and you're going to realize you can't do all this in your own power, so I'm sending you a supernatural advantage, something that's going to comfort you in my physical absence. He says, I'm sending you the Holy Ghost. See, we've all experienced moments where we've run to the end of our own abilities, strengths, power, intelligence, understanding, our own wisdom. How about our own peace? How about the ability to bring our own joy? We have all experienced this, no matter where you sit today in relationship to God and your understanding of who he is and where you're at on that trajectory of following him, you may not be following him at all, but this is common for all of us in humanity is we are limited. And I want you to know something. It is best for you to let Jesus ghost you. <laughs> Society says, I don't want to get ghosted. And I'm telling you, it's completely normal to get ghosted. It's completely normal for you to be full of the Holy Ghost. Here's the problem. I have learned in my life that what stands between me and stepping in to being fully filled, getting ghosted by Jesus, is my ability to have an available heart. See, it's normal to be full of the Holy Ghost. In Genesis 2, 7, this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture because it's important for us to understand our origin. If we can understand God's intents and his, in his original design for you and for me, it explains how we should be living today and who we are. And so in Genesis 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Now I want to present to you today that God was doing two things. He was bringing man to physical life, but also to spiritual life. That God was filling Adam's natural physical body with the supernatural spiritual breath of life. He was placing his presence in him. He was saying, you are now full of the Holy Ghost. You walk in the fullness of my, in, in, in physical image as man, but you also embody my spiritual image. Because you have the fullness of the Holy Ghost living in you. It's our original design. You were created to actually be both living alive physically and spiritually. And sometimes I forget that I am as much a physical being as I am a spiritual being. It's God's presence as creator with you and God's presence as creator in you. But sin broke this. 
leaving us physically breathing, but spiritually gasping for the breath of life that we so desperately need. And in my life, I realized I was living physically, doing everything I could in the natural, but I was spiritually dead. And I love the fact that God's so after, you were saying this song, oh, the reckless love of God. Okay, it's like, he was so after you and I that he did what seemed like in natural terms the most reckless thing by sending his only son to die. But it was the only thing that would stand in the gap of our sin to reconcile our lives to him so that we could then live physically in relationship with him but also so the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost could live in us again, take residence in us. We were made for it, so he restored it. And then Jesus, this promise of the Holy Ghost is shown to us in Acts chapter 2. In the very first part of Acts chapter 2, Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, you're going to need something to be able to walk this life out. I don't have to tell you this morning how tough life can be. I also don't have to tell you how joyful it can be. We all understand that life can be hard, but I want to tell you something. Being a follower of Jesus, who is dedicated to cooperating on his mission as a servant leader to see the ransom of many, because this is at the end of the day what we want to see happen. This is impossible without the Holy Ghost in us. So Jesus says to his disciples, hey, I'm going to leave someone to help you as you minister here and near and far. So he gives the Holy Ghost, and this is when it happens right here in Acts chapter 2. Jesus has given instructions to his followers, and there's about 120 of them sitting in a room, perhaps like this, waiting, meeting together. They're eating food. And they're waiting on this promise. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Weird. I'm just admitting to you. If that's what it takes for God's fullness to show up, that's weird. Can you imagine right now? Holy Ghost like filling this room and like tongues of fire. I mean, I'm, I'd probably fall over. I'm serious. I just want to be honest with you about the, the mysterious nature of God. And it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hold on a second. Did it say that some of them? It said who? You know what everyone means? It means everyone. It means all, not some. Can you look at somebody and say, you're an everyone? Tell them, say, you're, you're an all. Can you tell yourself, say, self, I'm an everyone. I'm not just a someone. I'm not just a somebody. I'm an everybody, and I'm an all. 
Can I tell you this morning, it's totally normal for the Spirit of God to, to dwell and fill your life as a follower of Jesus. And it said when this happens, they began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. See, the supernatural filling is available to everyone who makes themselves available to let Jesus ghost them. But you have to be available. That's why it's normal to be available to the Holy Ghost. As a follower, as a servant leader, in a relationship with Jesus, it's normal to be available. I just read this in Acts 2. It says that suddenly when the sound hit, a mighty windstorm had filled the place that they were at. It filled the house. But it also turns around and says that it filled their hearts. This is what I love about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost just fills empty space. If it's available, he fills it. He fills houses and he fills hearts. The Holy Ghost wants to fill this place, but he also wants to fill your heart. He wants to change the internal structures and what's going on in your heart, but he also wants to change the natural physical manifestations of what's going on around us. He doesn't just want to have, have something that he does inside of us. He wants it to manifest in the physical. That was the purpose of the tongues. That was the purpose of them having a change in their language because it changes something inside and manifests something on the outside. But it's only this advantage of the Holy Spirit is only profitable for those who make themselves available. Availability simply says this. Come Holy Ghost without trying to advise the Holy Ghost. You, you know what I mean. Come Holy Ghost, but just not there. Come Holy Ghost in this area of my life, but you can't have this area of my life. See, life sometimes is like these empty bottles here. They're taped together. And I know at a time in my life, I was barely being held together by duct tape, it felt like. I was a mess. I was empty. And our job is to say, Holy Ghost, and not advise him on how he wants to fill it. But this is what happens. We say, come Holy Ghost, we run over here. And we grab whatever we can. And we start taping over. You just can't fill that. That's not available. Come Holy Ghost. But Holy Ghost, I want you to know something. It would be really weird if you showed up like tongues of fire. So you can't have that part of me. Come Holy Ghost. Man, I want all of you, God. But I need to advise you. I don't want my friends to think I'm weird. So I don't really want to give you that part of my heart. And we leave the Holy Ghost no room to actually do what he wants to do. But I'm telling you, it's normal to be available to the Holy Ghost. You see, the disciples waited. 
I'm sure there was moments of silence and moments of laughter, but they were probably on pins and needles because they had seen Jesus die, be resurrected, and then float off. Weird. I'm presenting to you that we need to live our life more like sponges. These are sponges, the oddest of sponges I've ever seen. They're flat. Do you see how thin they are? One would believe that these sponges in this form have taken their full shape. But you're mistaken. And a lot of times in life, you may think that your life has taken full shape. And I I want you to know that I think you might be mistaken. In fact, what I would tell you is, Our job is to simply say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost does something incredible. He starts pouring himself out and something changes. When the Holy Ghost pours himself out on us, we begin taking full shape. He infiltrates every part of our heart, every part of our life. He does things that seem impossible, like they never could have happened. Our job is to simply say, come Holy Ghost, and at the end of the day, instead of being flat, we're full. And there's moments in life that you will be able to ring yourself out in situations. And we can go right back and say, come Holy Ghost. When we feel like there's the greatest absence and abandonment in our lives, I'm telling you, it's the greatest opportunity to simply say, come Holy Ghost. You're like, my job is empty. Come Holy Ghost. May it take shape. You don't understand, my relationships are empty. Come Holy Ghost. My bank account is empty. With a double portion, come Holy Ghost. (laughs) For some of us this last year, deeply have felt this one. My peace is empty. Come Holy Ghost. My health is empty, come Holy Ghost. My joy is empty, come Holy Ghost. My strength is empty, come Holy Ghost. I don't think I have the power to wake up and deal with what I'm facing one more day. It's empty and we can say, come Holy Ghost. Your job is to just let Jesus ghost you.
and say, come Holy Ghost. You know why? Because Holy Ghost is a teacher. He's reminder. Holy Ghost is revealer. Holy Ghost is convictor. Holy Ghost is helper. Holy Ghost is gift giver, is wisdom. Holy Ghost is understanding. Holy Ghost is strength. Holy Ghost is knowledge. Holy Ghost is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Holy Ghost is truth. Holy Ghost is God. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says, this is what the Lord says. It's not by force. It's not by might or strength, but it's but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Lord of heaven's armies. Like this is incredible that in your life, which you have the ability to do is to make yourself available and say, come Holy Ghost, but not just for it to stop there. You get all the attributes and all the character of God poured into you, living in you, but you also get the heaven's armies working on your behalf. This seems impossible. Come Holy Ghost. I feel like I'm, army, I'm an army of one. It's the world against me. Nope, you got heaven's armies. Come Holy Ghost. I can't see my way out of this. Come Holy Ghost. The disciples were at this place in this scripture in Acts where they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what to do. They just knew I needed to show up and I need to make myself available and not try to advise the Holy Ghost. I don't want to tell Jesus. I just want to be available. And they made themselves available, filled with the advantage of the Holy Ghost. And in doing so, they gained access to heaven's armies. And it allowed them to go from being cowards to courageous. Because remember, if you know this story, they were hiding and lying about their relationship with Jesus. And suddenly... After this moment happens, tongues of fire falling, and these people come along and they're like, we think you're drunk. There, there, there's something has changed. You're acting weird. And their response is, it's too early in the morning, but I'll tell you what it is. Come Holy Ghost. And there was something that ended up happening in this passage when the Holy Ghost exercises supernatural power of heaven in our natural lives on earth, something occurs that we can't do on our own. We can't have enough spiritual habits. We need spiritual inhabitation. Let me say that again. We can't get enough spiritual habits when we really need spiritual inhabitation, we need God's presence in us. It's one thing to pray to God. It's another thing to pray to a God that's living in you, that you're full of, and all of his character. And we're running around and we're like, God, uh, you know, I don't know, what's, I don't know what's happening in society. This is what I could tell you, come Holy Ghost. 
You know what we need? We need, and, you, and we start spelling out all the different things that we need to fix society. And I'm gonna tell you, this is what we need to do. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a servant leader of the king, this is what I would tell you to do. Stand in the middle of your environment and ring yourself out and say, come Holy Ghost. In our workplaces that we would say, come Holy Ghost. In our schools, we would say, come Holy Ghost. In the middle of political arenas, we would say, come Holy Ghost. In the middle of technology and entertainment and all the different areas that we see happening in life, we would simply declare and welcome and say, would you come and come in power? Come Holy Ghost. And this is what happened to the disciples when heaven's army and the fullness of the Holy Ghost was living in them. At the end of Acts chapter two, it says a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Like people that were broken being restored in miraculous ways that you go, I I can't explain it. except the shape of my heart was changed because I said, come Holy Ghost. It says, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, those who were being ransomed. It is normal for you and I to be full of the Holy Ghost. We just have to let Jesus ghost us. Why don't you stand with me? think there's just some very practical things that I want us to know today. Number one, to experience this moment like the disciples did sitting in this room where it was quiet. In fact, James, I'm going to have you wait. I want it to be quiet. The first thing that has to happen is repentance. And for some of you, you're hearing this for the first time, this message of a Jesus who loved you so much that he would sacrifice his very life but didn't abandon you, he actually went to be in the presence of his father and left something he says is better, the Holy Ghost, to fill you, to help you take shape. For some of us, we just need for the first time, maybe you've never had this moment where you just say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus, you're saying no to everything else that you've been doing in your own strength. And this word repentance just means you're turning from going one direction and you're going to head the other direction. It's a 180 turn. 
And if today, maybe like me in my life, you find yourself empty in any area of your life, I want you to know that the power of the Holy Ghost is available right now to fill your life, to help you take shape, to be who it is you were created to be. But we have to admit that we've missed the mark. That's repentance. For some of you, maybe you're believers and followers of Jesus and you also need to repent because you've said yes to Jesus, but you have grabbed a hold of and white knuckled how it is that it's gonna happen and you've advised the Holy Spirit along the way and like, Holy Ghost, come. But this is how you need to dress and this is how you need to show up in the room. And don't show up awkward and don't show up weird and don't show up in these ways because I don't need you to show up and be who you are. I need you to show up and serve me. I want your, po- I want your power. I just don't want your plan. I want a deep sense of purpose, but I just don't want your plan on how we're going to do it. And I have to tell you, it's one of the messiest things I've ever done in my life, just to say, come Holy Ghost. (laughs) Because we have to relinquish control. And the compartmentalization of religion and faith and what we think it needs to look like. And I want to tell you, there's a deep need for repentance if you don't know Jesus, but there is a deep need for repentance if you do. And you have been trying to control how the Holy Ghost wants to work. Come Holy Ghost. Number two, you have to have a deep conviction of need. And this is, this is really simple. In my life, this is what I'd ask myself. Hey, to this point, dude, do you got it? Here was the answer. Nope. See, it was a mess before I said, come Holy Ghost. But I'm afraid that the Holy Ghost is going to make a mess. But it was already a mess. So I'm better off just saying, come Holy Ghost, and having the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost in my life than trying to do it on my own and making a mess of anything anyway. So we have to have a deep conviction of need. We need to repent and have a deep conviction of need. Now we need to receive it in faith. We need to understand that I don't know how the Holy Ghost wants to manifest in your life. I know he wants to change your language. I know he wants to change your speech pattern. I know he wants to change what it is that you're saying over your destiny. I know he wants you, he wants you to have a changed speech pattern about what, what we're saying over our lives and the people's lives around us, over them. Do you know them? Lots of thems and theys. You know, they will never change. They are the problem in our country. Let me tell you something. Come Holy Ghost. Convict my heart. Change my speech pattern. I want to say come Holy Ghost for everyone. Fill everything. Fill every area. Come Holy Ghost. I don't want to advise you. I don't want to prescribe to you, Holy Ghost, how it is that you need to work. Come Holy Ghost. I don't want to tell you that it's the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Come Holy Ghost. I don't want to tell you what it needs to look like socioeconomically. I just need you to fill the empty space. I think we're empty as a society. We're poised and there is a perfect opportunity. We're primed right now to say, come Holy Ghost. Can you receive it by faith? So here's the last part. We're going to yield to the Holy Ghost to simply say, you can have it all and you can have your way. If this is you here today, 
I want you to close your eyes. If this is you here today on any front, you need, you understand today, you can't do it on your own. You understand that you need it. You're willing to just say, come as you want, Holy Ghost. If that's you today, I wanna pray for you. Would you do me a favor and just raise your hands? Come Holy Ghost. Right now, in this room. Come Holy Ghost. And like in that upper room with the apostles, everyone who showed up and was present was filled. You can never get enough of the Holy Ghost. You're like, I'm already filled with the Holy Ghost. No. We have some ministry team. If someone puts their hand on you, don't be alarmed. I just want you to know, don't be alarmed. I'm just gonna have some of the ministry team just begin to pray right now. Yeah, come on. No more control. We want your advantage. Come Holy Ghost. We speak against the prophet of man and we ask for the prophet of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Come. Yeah, if like fire, come like fire. If like a flood, come like a flood. Come on. Come on. This is the moment that we need to learn to live in. It's okay. Nothing fancy. We just want your fullness. As a church, as a family, God, we reject the strength and the power and the wisdom of man. And we say, come Holy Ghost, that we want to see the ransom of many and we understand that it goes beyond our natural abilities. God, the things that I know as a, as a team and as a staff, we've been praying over the last year, we've been praying over the last six months, we've been working on. God, I know that those things, as we make those things known in the coming months, Lord, that they would be plans submitted to you because we are after what God is after. He's after those who worship him, who can say, come Holy Ghost, and he's after those who are lost.
And we want to be marked as a family, as a church, by this attitude, by this posture, that we cannot move without you. How many of you are sensing the Holy Ghost moving on your hearts right now? Yeah. Some of you, when I mentioned some real practical things, some of you need the Holy Ghost to fill some of the emptiness that you're feeling, whether it be relationally or um, in your job or in your joy or your peace or your finances. And we need the person of wisdom. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the person of understanding and knowledge. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the person of truth. We need the Holy Ghost. My encouragement for us this week is that this is how we would approach our days and our moments. When you run into something tough, instead of fighting it, instead of you running from it, instead of you and I trying to ghost the situation, I want you to simply say, right in the middle of it, come Holy Ghost. And don't advise the Holy Ghost on how he needs to show up and work. I'm telling you, you're going to walk into it tomorrow morning. Some of, you, some of you have been dealing with stress and strain in your workplace. My prayer for you is that you can walk and just say, come Holy Ghost. No prescriptions. This is my encouragement to us. Now, it's awesome that we can sit and we can say, come Holy Ghost. Next week, what we're going to talk about is what to do with it. Because now you got this way of living that we have to talk about how to be led and walk it out. Like God wants to make it practical. And so you're not going to want to miss next week. It's going to be super powerful and practical. I'm going to pray for us and we're going to take off out of here. If you feel comfortable doing so, just open your hands up. Lord, I pray for a complete washing over and filling from the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, just like, um, like this wind, like this song that was sung in the wind when you showed up in that upper room, that you would show up and you would speak to situations and circumstances, areas of our own lives and areas that we, um, we physically move in, environments we move in. I don't care if it's on the freeway in traffic or in the craziest of situations 
in the middle of the hardest of times, you always are willing to go to the darkest, most hopeless places to bring the brightest of lights and the greatest of hopes. And all we have to do is let Jesus ghost us. We say today, say this with me, come Holy Ghost, go in power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.